0: appears to be second to last James Bond episode, at least for the immediate future, yeah. um, with Spectre released in 2015. We literally just got done watching it. Yep. Um, and so before we get too into it, what do you think? Um, I think I was more
1: into the last one than this one, mm-hmm. but I still, I still watched it. I only got distracted a couple times, but that's because I had other things. That I was trying to
0: figure out I, I would dare say it might have been that but it, it was also I also had trouble focusing on this one and yeah. I I've been trying to put my finger on it I think this Bond movie has has some major pacing issues yeah and it comes about of what I think this are the greatest strengths and weaknesses I, that I think are one and the same in this Bond movie, and that's it tries to do everything, and it does most of that really, really well, but yeah. in the process of that, it adds, I would say, around 20 to 30 minutes of movie that don't necessarily need to be there. And yeah. in the process of that, it slows the action way, 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 way down, and in the end, you're just you're checking your watch, you're... <laughs> you're like okay are, are we done yet are, i
1: forgot to order this should i go ahead and order it now
0: yeah um it's not a it's not a bad james bond movie yeah. i would argue that all of the daniel craig bond movies the the worst of them is better than the best of other bonds
1: i could agree with that and, oh, excuse me.
0: and that's not to take away anything from the other james bond movies these are just more carefully crafted and They've got years of experience and, and even acting uh, acting talent behind it that the others may not have had. And so, watching Spectre today, it is a step down from Skyfall. Absolutely. Uh, pacing, cinematography, um, the tightness of the story. Uh, with that said, it's still good. It's... Out of all of the Daniel Craig Bond movies, this is the one I turn on to nap. Uh, uh, I can't really do that with Casino Royale or Quantum or Skyfall just because those movies are so tight and they grab you and they don't let go until it ends.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas this James Bond movie has very long ebbs and flows between action. And there are a lot of... Uh, there's. There's B and C plots in this movie that are a little loose.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, to the point that I, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, this is a well-made movie. It's a well-shot movie. It's a well-acted movie. So why isn't it coming together for me the same way that Skyfall did? And... I've heard so many explanations for why it doesn't work. And ultimately, I, I think that, especially with creative properties, you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. And you can have all the right ingredients, and sometimes they just don't click. Yeah. And I, I firmly believe that with this, um, this movie in particular, it just... Change one ingredient or change them all and, and you probably get a different product, but it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, finding out behind-the-scenes stories, uh, Daniel Craig had been injured in almost all of the other James Bond movies up to this point and was doubled once or twice on this one. So bad, in fact, that uh, during one of the second-to-last action scenes, he's basically just... There is no get up in his step. He is barely walking. Um, And it's because he blew out his knee. His knee was bad for that entire shoot. Uh, It's it's things like after the movie was done and in the can, uh, Daniel Craig said he'd rather slit his wrist than do that again. Um, Some people inferred that was him talking about doing a James Bond film. I think it might have been a little bit of that. But I think it was also the fact that he'd had a really rough go of it uh, yeah. on, on this one. Um, I think the rumors that have flown around, and these are unsubstantiated. This is, this is gossip, and I will fully be open that this is what it is. There are rumors that uh, because of the strain he was feeling and the strain the director was feeling, that there was a little bit of a falling out between Daniel Craig and Sam Mendes. Again, rumors,
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but having worked in a, a professional workplace, if you've got a strained relationship and you're in a bad place and they're in a bad place and you're both coming from a bad place, it doesn't typically lead to good things. Yeah. And so the fact that they were able to put together, at the very least, I would argue a good James Bond movie. Some people have thrashed this movie critically up and down. I, I don't agree with that at all. Um, I think that this is a a very solid James Bond movie. It is nowhere near as good as the other three, in my estimation. This is probably the weakest. But, I still really enjoy it. Um, From uh, the fact that it has a more traditional James Bond structure to it. Mm -hmm. uh, It starts out with the gun barrel sequence. It starts out with the cold open in Mexico. uh, It starts out uh, even... Even with James just kind of globe-trotting around uh, to pull off the missions, a, a little bit more freely than he has in past movies, where yeah. uh, past movies felt a little bit more linear, and maybe that's why those were tighter—is it was it was point A to point B to point C, whereas this one kind of meandered yeah. all over uh, Europe, uh, Eurasia, and uh, even into Africa, yeah. and so as this movie went on and on and on uh, towards the end it felt like there were two or three endings and it, it got to the point where I was like okay I've seen this before surely this is it okay no no that's not it okay how about now no that's not it and uh yeah this is one that that I will recommend. It's a good James Bond movie. Um, But if you skipped it, uh, if you're just watching James Bond movies, you're not going to miss out on anything. If you're gearing up for No Time to Die, uh, full transparency, I have fully spoiled myself on the upcoming film. I'm looking forward to it that much. Um, And from a plot breakdown, I have not seen the movie, from a plot breakdown, It's everything I want this movie to be. Yeah. So, with that said, if you are looking forward to seeing No Time to Die, watch Spectre. Watch all the other Daniel Craig movies. Get ready to go. Everything builds into this movie. So, even if this one is is one you're not exactly looking forward to, you probably want to watch it to get ready for the next one. Yeah. So... With all that said, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get into the closest thing I can get to for a plot breakdown. Like I said, this movie meanders <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. I, I will try to hit the high points and then uh, we'll wind it down because we've got other stuff to do today in addition to the podcast, uh, including seeing uh, new nieces and nephews. Yes, So. are uh, forward to that looking forward to it indeed. So uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. And we're back. Alright, so let's get to Spectre. Uh, This movie was released in 2015. Uh... Three years after Skyfall um, I'm not entirely sure what the delay was I think it was a combination of availability for Daniel Craig and Sam Mendes and their schedules were just kind of backwards making sure they had the right script and so the end result was we got Spectre um, a movie that was supposed to be Daniel Craig's Farewell and it just, it was kind of a sour note for, for most people involved, so they decided they wanted to, to try one more. Yeah. One more movie. And it took them five years to have a movie ready to go, only for a pandemic to hit <laughs> and delay it a whole year and a half. Yeah.
1: So, I know you've been disappointed ever since the first time it was pushed back. Uh, yes
0: and no. Uh, yes, in that it's one of the first movies that got uh, postponed. Uh, and it's one of the last ones being released out of that delay period but I'm I'm excited to see No Time to Die Spectre like I said earlier it it was good but No Time to Die has an opportunity to take the flaws of, of Spectre and make them better so getting into Spectre proper I have to say I love how it starts the movie starts in a Day of the Dead uh, parade in Mexico City it's a wonderful uh, illusion of a continuous shot uh, that follows uh, the bad guy and then Bond through this parade Uh, Bond is wearing this Day of the Dead costume and he's uh, accompanied by a beautiful woman in, in a Day of the Dead mask and they go up to the hotel room and you think that they're about to engage in some amorous uh, activities. <laughs> and she turns around. And she goes, where are you going? And all of a sudden, he's out of his costume, which fit him like a glove. And he's in his he's in his two-piece Tom Ford suit. And he's like, I, I've got to go somewhere. And uh, he goes on his mission. And yeah,
1: he uses her for her view of Mexico City and ways of getting out without being down on the road. I
0: have to <laughs> That's be fully transparent, in the history of 24 James Bond films that we have covered on this show, including this Uh one, that is one of the least offensive ways he has used a woman.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Uh, Even within this movie, it's not the most offensive way he uses a woman. (laughs) So,
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) uh, Bond goes out we get a, a nice scenic walk as as bond goes across the rooftops to track down uh this man in a white suit and a bad ponytail um as he has some sort of deal inside of a, of a high rise uh all of a sudden bond's laser which he's using to to gain the the sounds of what's going on inside the room is seen by the bad guys uh, a shootout ensues and Bond blows up a bomb that was intended for a stadium. Uh, through all the rubble, we get a really fun, almost Roger Moore type scene where the building collapses around Bond. He holds onto a wall sconce, falls to the floor anyway, and then he lands
1: on a couch. <laughs>
0: yeah, and as he's standing up from the couch, he throws the wall sconce away that he's been hanging onto the whole time. Um, and as I was watching, as I was watching this movie, as we've watched the other Daniel Craig movies, I feel like he wanted a funnier James Bond movie. Um, He's actually said in the past that the Austin Powers movies that were released in the late 90s, early 2000s really messed them over for wanting to do any sort of humor (laughs) in the James Bond films. And so you can really see that he wants to do that. And then when you watch a movie like Knives Out where he gets to be a little sillier, you're like, man, I want them to let this guy go. Yeah. I, I want him to be able to be fully free to, to do all the, yeah, James Bond's sexy and he's he's a cold-blooded killer, but he can be funny. And uh, I'm excited for Daniel Craig to be able to, to use his funny bone more, uh, just like in Knives Out and Logan Lucky. Uh, so... Bond tracks down the bad guy. The bad guy gets away in a helicopter. We get a really big fight scene over uh, Mexico City. And the people below are kind of looking nervous, but they're not looking alarmed until uh, the bad guy is literally kicked out of the helicopter. Yeah. And uh, at that point, people just start panicking and running. Uh, Bond eventually gains control of the helicopter... Uh, gets the ring from the bad guy. If I'm not using names, it's because there are a lot of names in this movie. uh, And some characters really, they don't matter. They're just plot devices. This bad guy is one of them. He's the guy with the ring. He's the guy with the specter ring. Bond gets the ring, and we fly off into our opening credits, which are honestly not great out of all of the Daniel Craig Bond films they're probably my least favorite yeah. a lot of tentacle imagery uh, a song that's okay uh, the writing on the writing's on the the writing's on the wall is it's not a bad song it's not a great song um, it's just kind of meh and we go from that into M's office where M is tearing 007 a new one And as uh, Bond takes all of his licks, why don't you take another sip of water?
1: Sorry, y'all. I choked on a piece of string cheese before we came back.
0: But anyhow, uh, M is uh, just letting Bond have it because he was on an unsanctioned mission, going after a guy, killed somebody, and caused a lot of property damage. And uh, and all that that causes Bond is he gets grounded.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's it. Uh, Yes, you murdered someone, caused millions of dollars of damage. So I'm in trouble. Yes, you're in trouble. You you don't get to go to work. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, it's at this point that we meet the the new bad guy, uh, played by Andrew. I blank on his last name. He's Moriarty from Sherlock, uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, but he uh, he plays a character who is nicknamed C uh, by the intelligence uh, community because he is going to be. In charge of all of the cameras and surveillance in the city and potentially the world Uh, we come to find out that his plan is to uh, integrate with all the other intelligence communities in the world to where there's one big brother system uh, that's observing everyone all the time Uh, and he also intends to eliminate the double o program from the intelligence community so Uh, If this plot sounds familiar, it's because it is very similar to the plot of Mission Impossible uh, Rogue Nation. Sorry, I was blending Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol, and I was thinking Rogue (laughs) Protocol, and I knew that that was wrong. Rogue Nation, uh, Mission Impossible 5, for those of you keeping count. Um, Very similar uh, idea where the whole... Thing revolves around trying to do a mission on the run uh, while also debating the merits of actual in the field uh, spying. So Bond goes and reveals to Moneypenny uh, exactly what he was doing. Uh, he received a briefing from M after the grave Uh, In his mailbox that basically said, hey, if anything ever happens to me, go after this guy uh, and be sure to not miss the funeral. So after taking care of uh, the bad guy, he goes to the funeral, uh, but not before stopping by. Q uh, gets his new watch that has a handy dandy gadget that'll come in at just the right time Mm -hmm. as per usual. uh, And says, hey, uh, I know they're wanting to track me with this new smart blood you're, uh, you've are you been given. Uh, I need to disappear for a few days. And so, Q plays along, sends him off, uh, only to come back later and find out that Bond stole the new Aston Martin, which is a beautiful car and entirely impractical um, that was meant for another 00 agent. Yeah. Uh, so, neighbor's horn went off uh so as as bond continues his mission if things start sounding squirrely in my telling of the story there are way too many plot threads going the a plot thread is james trying to track down the shadow organization that apparently m knew about at some level um connected to uh uh silva from the last film and the other bad guys from the other daniel craig movies the b plot is the bond team of tanner m Moneypenny, and q all trying to support bond while trying to figure out what in the world is going on with c yeah and then the c plot is the james bond and will be introduced to madeline in a little bit uh their love story so yeah. A plot's going. The B plot is going. uh, Team Bond is uh, separately from each other, at least at the beginning. Supporting Bond is he tries to track down the shadow organization in Rome. So Bond goes to Rome. uh, He tracks down the widow of our dearly departed bad guy. (laughs) And uh, played by Monica Bellucci, oldest Bond girl at over 50 years old. um, And does not look it. And So Bond goes to the funeral, asks, uh, asks some questions. She is obviously perturbed. She asks what line of work he's in. He says life insurance. And she goes, <laughs> it's a little late. And he goes, not for you. Uh, so later that night, she goes home. Uh, she is shadowed by two men with silenced pistols who obviously want to kill her. Bond kills them. And... She makes a statement that's really funny to me. She says, okay, you've bought me five minutes. Thanks. And then proceeds to seduce her. Um, And I really hope for Bond's reputation that he took a little bit longer than five minutes.
1: I will say when Bond shoots these guys, there was one thing I noticed is he pulled the trigger and shot the first one and they both dropped before he shot the second one.
0: Maybe the first one uh, saw the second guy uh, get shot and fainted.
1: I'm like, the actors didn't know who, who was supposed to be shot first. I,
0: I don't know.
1: That all, was just one of those things that I saw. I'm like, well, that was bad.
0: All, all I know is that uh, Bond and we're just going to call her by her actress name, Monica Bellucci, um, have amorous uh, relations. <laughs> and... Uh, Bond goes, okay, so I got some information from you. Cheers, I'm going. Yeah. Uh, and then leaves. Leaves her there in her underwear, and she has already told him, yeah, there are hundreds of them. They're coming to yeah. kill me.
1: I mean, he did say here, he called somebody, and they're going to come and keep her safe.
0: But... So, you picked up something that I didn't, because I was just like, and he just left her to die.
1: Oh, <laughs> wow, that's, why is that? no. He told her that he called. I don't remember who he said he called, but they they were going to come and keep her safe.
0: Well, the question I have is, did he really call someone? And secondly, this <laughs> shadow organization that has killed people in in MI6 custody, can he really keep her safe, or was it like?
1: Yeah. That's well, every
0: time, I'm I'm out of here. I got mine.
1: I'm like every time he tells people, um, "You're safest with me." Those people always end up dead most of the time. Okay, I guess not always because most of the time yeah, they end the, up dead.
0: No, that's that's the whole plot. If, if you are in proximity to James Bond and you are not James Bond, you want to get away from yeah. James Bond.
1: I'm your best chance of surviving this.
0: No, you're really <laughs> not. Uh, so anyhow, uh, Bond leaves Monica Bellucci to undoubtedly be tortured and killed Uh, and goes to uh, what looks like a really classy boardroom meeting of bad guys who are talking very openly about uh, sex slaves and uh, drug trade and all sorts of other fun, illegal, and (laughs) just awful activities as if they're business commodities. And let me tell you right now, if you are a person in my listening audience and you are participating in this, go to hell. You are (laughs) evil. You need to stop what you're doing. And you need to go repent and do something else. You are a terrible human being. You're awful. I don't want you as a listener. All right, moving on. Um, So, sorry, I just got a little perturbed at the thought of someone engaging that. Oh, that was a little harsh. No, go to hell. Um, So Bond uh, sits in on this boardroom meeting of the worst people in the world. And uh, it's kind of funny but it breathes way too long this Mm -hmm. boardroom meeting could have taken two minutes i think it takes 10
1: yeah
0: uh it felt like it took 20 (laughs) and it's ominous it's dark uh we're introduced to mr hinks played by dave batista who to get a new position on the board just murders a guy in the middle of this boardroom (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. Uh, It's at this point that Hans Oberhausen, played by uh, Christoph Waltz, uh, reveals that he knows Bond is there, looks right at him. Uh, Bond runs away, gets into a car chase with Mr. Hinks. Uh, They get into a car chase through Rome, which should, on paper, be really exciting. Unfortunately, and this is something I noticed today... Uh, a lot of the chase scenes action scenes they feel really sterile uh some of it might be because of how they shot the movie um but almost no one is in any of the action scenes to give it stakes so there there's one other car in the car chase scene with uh bond and (laughs) higgs and it's played for comic relief uh if you watch a similar chase scene again in mission impossible uh rogue nation there are cars all over the place they're dodging they're flipping over cars and it gives a weight to the danger of the car chase because as a viewer we know that bond's not in danger but if there are other people around bond is not just responsible for himself but for others and so it adds, it adds weight to the car chase. Uh, there's car and boat chases in the film uh, Live and Let Die. And because there are other parties involved, it adds chaos. It adds danger.
1: Yeah.
0: And this, it just feels mm-hmm. very sterile, especially since even the bad guy gets away. <laughs> and Bond just loses his three million pound car.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but Bond escapes. Uh, he... Realizes that he needs to track down uh, Mr. White. Mr. White being uh, the Pale King referred to in the Shadow Boardroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Mr. White, for those of you who have forgotten, because it's been forever since we talked talked about Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Uh, Mr. White is the gentleman who is responsible for the death of Vesper Lynd, Bond's uh, first love. Uh, he uh, was one of the head. Uh, Yeah, one of the head people of Quantum the organization that uh, was initially supposed to be what Spectre ends up being Mm -hmm. so little behind the scenes information for everyone Uh, all of the James Bond movies that we watched from the 60s and 70s where you have Ernst Stavro Blofeld uh, there's an organization called Spectre throughout all of those Uh, All of the Sean Connery Bonds and the one George Lazenby Bond and briefest of mentions in the Roger Moore Bonds, uh, the organization is Spectre. And so Kevin McClory, after uh, Ian Fleming dies, he sues uh, EON, the production company that makes the James Bond films, Uh, for the rights to his organization and to tell his own stories we get the film Never Say Never Again because of it long story short the base James Bond movies can't use Spectre or Blofeld Mm -hmm. and so we get to uh, 2006 2007 we've rebooted Bond Bond umpteen times at this point EON finally gets the rights to use Spectre and Blofeld. Everything reverts in such a manner, uh, after uh, Quantum of Solace has come out, they are now allowed to use this organization. And so they do so with the film Spectre. Initially, Quantum, from the film Quantum of Solace, was going to be Spectre in all but name. And so it was their way around it. They wanted to do a shadow organization, but they couldn't use the one. And so now Quantum becomes the organization in front of the organization. If it sounds convoluted, it is. <laughs> it's it's creative ways of getting around uh, lawsuits and structures and yeah, um, all that to say, bad guy organization that is the the orchestrator of all Bond's pain. We uh, we go to Mr. White's house. We find out that he has been living like Howard Hughes, just in his own basement, surrounded by pea jars, um, and just living his last days. We're informed that he's been poisoned. Uh, he has had a falling out with Spectre, and he expects to die any day. Um, and... Bond confronts him, says, I need to find Oberhauser. I need to find this guy. Mr. White says, okay, if you want to find him, you need to, uh, at first he's hesitant to help at all. Uh, him and Bond have been enemies for yeah. two movies that we've mm-hmm. seen and then some, uh, he doesn't want to help him. Then it's the old enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yep. He says, all right, you're going to have to find my daughter. uh, Protect her. Bond gives his word that he will. Uh, Mr. White shoots himself. Uh, At this point, Bond leaves. Uh, Shortly after Bond leaves, uh, Mr. Hinks comes in and uh, finds all of the surveillance equipment showing exactly what happened in Mr. White's bunker. Uh, and we'll talk more about what happens after we have a short break. All right, and we're back. And believe it or not, we're only about, uh, I'd say, an hour into this uh, two hour and 30 minute movie. Uh, If that seems long, it is. Uh Believe me, we just got done, and I'm telling you about it. (laughs) So, while Bond is chasing after Mr. White's daughter, uh, M is in meetings with C in Tokyo uh, to try to get uh, the new intelligence initiative off the ground. Um, In the process, we find out that everyone knows about what bond was doing in rome because he was james bond about it uh hugh is asked about what was going on hugh lies for bond and in just a moment we'll find out what he does next bond goes to switzerland and meets up with dr madeline what's dr madeline's last name i believe it's swan yes? yes okay uh, Dr. Madeline Swan uh, is a doctor of what? I'm not sure. She works at a clinic. Um, that's a writer's way of saying I know she's a doctor, but we're not going to tell you what she's a doctor of. Was
1: it some sort of psychology exam she was giving him.
0: So, I don't know. The exam she gives was weird. Was over psychology uh, and physicality th- like <laughs> it covered so many different ranges it was like okay what's this for <laughs>
1: um
0: so uh this movie uh, again one of the strengths and weaknesses of this film is it's kind of touching all of james bond's history uh which is good in that it plays like a greatest hits album it's bad in that it plays like a greatest hits album uh it never really has a full voice of its own so uh Dr. Swan's uh, clinic in the Swiss Alps is very similar to Blofeld's uh, mountaintop base from *Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Um, there are such vi- visual similarities and themes between that film and this one that the trailer for Spectre had a modern variation on the On Her Majesty's Secret <laughs> Service theme by John Barry. Nice. Um, I highly recommend that trailer. It is really good and better than the
1: movie. (laughs) Um,
0: But back at the movie, uh, Bond tells her who he is, tells her her dad is dead, and she reacts how anyone should react in this situation. Leave, or I call security now. (laughs) Uh, Bond goes out to the bar, uh, asks for a vodka martini, and they tell him there's no alcohol here. Uh, Q shows up and orders him a macrobiotic shake says hey we've got to get back we got to get back now if not it's my job um, and Bond says okay uh, here take this just let me know what you find from it and hands him the ring mm-hmm. um, he asks him to connect it to Hans Oberhauser now, at this point, we know that Oberhauser is somehow related to Bond uh, from when he was a child. We know that uh, he is presumed dead from an avalanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Q goes and through magic Q things on his computer, including a plug-in uh, device that can read DNA and metal types. Um, <laughs> it's the magic computer attachment. Yeah. We'll call it the tricorder. Um, <laughs> He is able to ascertain that not only is this ring uh, connected to Oberhauser, but it's connected to all the bad guys uh, throughout the Daniel Craig Bond movies. How is he able to figure that out? I have no idea. It's not exactly clear. We're going to just say, again, Tricorder. So as Bond is sending Q off... Uh, we find out that the bad guys have arrived at the clinic. They chase Q. Q gets away. Uh, Bond pursues the bad guys who already have Dr. Swan. Uh, Bond saves her by destroying an airplane and half the mountain. Uh, and, <laughs> and a little farm. And barn. a little farm, barn. Uh, you know, again, millions of dollars in collateral damage. Yeah. And it would be on CNN for the next three weeks about who is this person destroying half the planet. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Bond and Dr. Swan team up. They're going to go find American, which they discover is not a person. It is a place. Uh, so they travel to Tangier, uh, where we find out L'American is a hotel. It is the hotel where Mr. White, and we're just going to guess Mrs. White, who formerly Mrs. Swan, Uh, it's where they went when they got married, uh, and he even came back after they had been divorced, according to uh, Madeline. So uh, it's during this section of the movie that we get some really great character scenes between Bond and Madeline, and they honestly have really good chemistry together. They are two broken people who are trying to get by. She is, she is not a damsel in distress. She can handle herself, which she demonstrates on a few occasions. Uh, and Bond honestly has her there because he promised, he promised Mr. Whitey would take care of her. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as they continue, Bond's attracted to anything with legs, so of course he's attracted. And at one point she goes, yeah, I don't think you're going to get into bed with me. And he goes, okay. Um, and he's like, he winks at the audience. He's like, I'm James Bond.
1: Um,
0: he doesn't really do that, but you know he's doing that. Um, but we discover that uh, Mr. White was trying to track down Overhauser. So... Uh, From Tangier, they hop on a train to the middle of nowhere in Africa. Uh, And in case you're wondering, Africa isn't really a country. It's a continent. A massive, (laughs) massive continent. Uh, So they have a set of coordinates that they are going to travel to. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Team Bond is tracking his movements, trying to offer uh, information where they can. uh, And during this we find out that C has recordings of Team Bond's communication uh, and he has been spying on all of them Uh, while they are while Bond and Swan are on the train to uh, the middle of nowhere uh, they bond over dinner he wears a wonderful uh, white (laughs) top uh, dinner tux and uh, I just I love that costume choice of the white jacket and the red rose it's iconic um but uh they have a a very nice moment only to be interrupted by mr hinks who gets aboard the train (laughs) we get a really cool fight scene between dave batista and uh daniel craig which uh this week daniel craig revealed uh he uh accidentally broke Dave Batista's nose and then ran away uh for fear that Dave Batista would snap him like a twig um and it's a really good fight scene it throws back to From Russia With Love again greatest hits and um the way he gets rid of Mr. Hinks by hooking him up to uh kegs and uh kicking him out the door are just fantastic um they get to the middle of nowhere, are driven by an old, old, old Rolls Royce out to this uh, observatory in the middle of nowhere uh, and uh, an obvious supervillain layer. Uh, and uh, it's at this point that I noticed that all supervillain layers in the modern era are observatories <laughs>
1: um,
0: because in Quantum of Solace, uh, the the hotel in the middle of the desert was an observatory. It's out away from everything. Yeah. And the reason it's all solar powered is so that it can be away from everything. And then at night you can watch the stars without any of the light pollution. Um, this place they go to, uh, we meet Oberhauser played by Christoph Waltz, who's good in this movie, but not, he's on a chain. Um it, you haven't watched the Quentin Tarantino movies uh, with me that he's in. Nope. He's phenomenal uh, in those. He's able to let loose and be kind of crazy. And it it makes for kind of a manic performance that's very enjoyable. In this, it's a lot more reserved. And it it's very classic supervillain. Mm-hmm. I mean... It, You could really put anyone in this role and it would be decent. Yeah. Uh, But we find out that Oberhauser is uh, basically Bond's foster brother. Um, Bond stayed with the family briefly after uh, his parents died. Uh, And then Oberhauser got jealous and killed his own dad. And...
1: Staged his dad.
0: Has apparently been hunting Mm -hmm. Bond down for life because he is psycho. Yeah. Um, but he then takes Bond into a supervillain lair and uh, shows Madeline the death of her father um, to torture her and then physically tortures Bond. Uh, while he's torturing Bond, Bond is able to get his watch off, set a bomb inside, hand it to Madeline. They blow up uh, uh, Oberhauser, who is now calling himself Blofeld. Um and they make their escape. Uh should he have been Blofeld? I don't know. <laughs> I I appreciate that they're trying to tie things in and, and reinterpret. Uh when he says the name in the movie, it's already been stated before that it doesn't mean anything to anyone in the scene or in the audience unless you've been watching James Bond movies for years. Yeah and so it's it's a it's a name that why 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 would you call yourself that that's dumb Um, and it's very similar to uh, spoilers for a film that's almost 10 years old Star Trek Into Darkness when Benedict Cumberbatch uh, reveals that he is really Khan which means nothing to the characters in that movie (laughs) um, and only means anything to us because we've seen other Star Trek yeah And so it's, I appreciate what they're trying to do. It just, it doesn't land. Yeah. Um, I, I like Christoph Waltz as a villain, just could have been anybody.
1: Yeah.
0: So Bond escapes, they've blown up the observatory, goes back to London. We've solved all the major problems of the film, except the fact that C is about to take over the world with his intelligence organization. Uh, the double O branch has been dissolved. And so team bond and bond are effectively unemployed. So they do what any unemployed, uh, intelligence agents do, and they break into government buildings. <laughs> um, the idea is they're going to expose, uh, C's ties to Blofeld, uh, we get a series of convoluted cat and mouse where Bond is kidnapped, but immediately breaks out. Um, Madeline parts ways, but is ultimately kidnapped. Uh, Blofeld has set up the old MI6 headquarters uh, to be a death trap for Bond. Uh, all the plot points are kind of flying in a, a million different directions, and I'll try to sum this up as best I can again watch the movie Uh, I'm not pitching this movie and I wouldn't pitch this
1: movie
0: (laughs) Um, but Bond uh, confronts Blofeld in MI6 Blofeld gives him the choice hey you can escape and try to catch me or you can go after Swan who is in this building somewhere Uh, at the same time Uh, C has been confronted by M and Q who have dissolved his intelligence network and locked him out. Uh, C tries to shoot uh, M and M says, yeah, we know what the C stands for, careless. Um, There's a brief scuffle and C falls to his death, Um, which is kind of going to be hard to explain in the morning when you killed your former boss yeah. in and a it, government building
1: and you have gotta try to prove that he was the corrupt one and that they need the double O yeah. program
0: yeah uh, it's
1: like okay we don't have anything to back this up now
0: anyhow <laughs> uh, Bond uh, rescues Swan who's in a random room inside MI6 uh, they chase after Blofeld in a speedboat, and Bond takes down a helicopter with a handgun sure Sure <laughs> um, Bond walks up to Blofeld um, You think He might execute him He decides not to em- He empties the gun of its bullets And says "Oh, Sorry out of bullets <laughs> Throws his gun away And walks away with Madeline uh, The movie ends With Bond getting his old Aston Martin uh, The DB5 From Q And driving away with Madeline that's specter and that was going to be the end of daniel craig's tenure and they decided not to end it that way <laughs> yeah. um i think had the movie been structured a little differently uh, hit the major plot points but run it a little tighter yeah i think it would have been better and it would have been a good note to go out on uh it just it rings a little hollow even as i'm talking about it i remember last week having just watched Skyfall being so excited to talk about Skyfall yeah. and as I'm talking about Spectre the way I'm talking about it feels like the way they approached it which was it was very dutiful yeah. we have to do this we have to do this this week I'm, I'm covering this because I, I said I would Yeah, and I want to talk about No Time to Die after we see it and I have to do this and that's the way this movie feels it felt like Something that everyone involved felt like they had to do. Yeah. And very few people seemed like they wanted to do.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I would like to to know your thoughts on this is, as they're in there with Blofeld after he he catched, <sighs> catches catches them, whatever they go to him, and he talks about how he's the one that's responsible for the death of every woman that Bond has known, including M. Yeah. Which I had a problem with that personally, because I'm like we were we established in the last one that it was the crazy ex... Silva. Yeah, Silva, the ex-agent who he had his own personal vendetta against her, and that's why he worked so hard for her to die. And so, now he, this other guy, is taking credit for all of that.
0: So this is a classic. Remember, I, I'm I've told you before. Batman is or Bond is Batman yeah and and so they have ties in the worlds of comic books and one of the big things that comic books always do always do I'm reading a uh, Chris Claremont's 1980s run of X-Men right now on Marvel Unlimited um I might actually do an episode about that here in, in a few weeks to a few months um there are constant retroactive continuity chains or retcons for short. And what you do is you're trying to set up new stakes or new rules without, without destroying what was old. Um, you want to give new context to an old thing. So uh, a classic one is in the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan. It's pointing out that uh, Liam Neeson's character uh, Raz al Ghul uh, spoilers for Batman Begins um, is is the father of the bad girl in Dark Knight Rises uh, or, or pointing out that the reason X happened was because this guy was pulling the strings in the background it, it's the puppet master scenario as I was the one doing all of it uh, in the most recent Star Wars movie Rise of Skywalker the, the big reveal being that it was the Emperor from the first movies uh, being the one pulling the strings in the new movies, was, it's a retcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, n- in most cases, not what the original writer had in mind, but as you're trying to tell a story and you need to wrap something up, you, you give a central figurehead. Yeah. And w- with this... If you look at this movie as it was intended to be, the wrap-up of yeah. Daniel Craig's James Bond, they wanted to give him that big bad. You take down, just like when I play video games, uh, the boss. You yeah. take down the big boss, and that's the end of the video game. That was the chief of all bad guys. Yeah, and and that's kind of from a writer standpoint in this scenario what they were trying yeah. to do. It didn't work. No. Uh, yeah. it, it didn't work in writing it didn't work in execution it, it didn't yeah. work it, it was a it was a nice effort uh they cast excellently again christoph Waltz yeah. is a two-time oscar-winning actor who is phenomenal and even good in this movie but even he can't save this
1: yeah i just feel like when that when he said that it just honestly it kind of took me out of it even more just because I'm like I didn't believe that because I'm like I know who was behind it the way they set up the last movie well
0: in the last movie whether you'd seen the previous Bonds or not it was a standalone movie yeah and you understood the rules based on that movie right and this movie breaks its own rules on multiple occasions yes and and so it it does it takes you out yeah and um you talk about the, I'm the author of all your pain. I I look at Bond, who has been with multiple women and even shared emotional connections with some of those women. And after one weekend with Madeline Swan, they're telling each other, I love you? <laughs> yeah. I Don't get me wrong. I, I get affection grows fast, but I'm like, pump the brakes, man. <laughs> she's the, she's really the first woman to ever say hey what would life be like if you weren't a spy really
1: <laughs> really
0: I just it again I see what they were trying to do they were trying to give Bond a happily ever after yeah and um, I think that might be the, the thesis of the new Bond movie is Bond can't really have a happily ever after Yeah, And it's just one of those characters. Like Batman. Again, I'm tying the two of them together thematically. Some characters don't get to have happily ever after. They can have a, a happier status quo. Yeah. But they don't get to have a happily ever after. Yeah. And so... Guys, in the next week or two, I don't know whether we're going to get to see No Time to Die next weekend or not, but as soon as we do, we will have an episode out. Um, we'll find out what happens to James Bond, and yeah. then it will be a considerable time before there's another James Bond episode, because they are not going to start talking about the casting of a new James Bond before 2022. Nice. That's casting. Yeah. That's not even talking about production. Right or anything like that. Also, the fact that MGM is about to change hands to Amazon, we're about to be in a different world. Yeah. So, guys, this week's was, I'll be honest, not as fun as last week's. (laughs) Um, But we will be back in the next bit. I'm not going to give a certain amount of time. We're going to try to see James Bond in the next two weeks, but no promises. As soon as we've got that episode in the can, we will send it out to you. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, If you've got someone you love, love on them. If you're doing any sort of crime, evil, (laughs) or predatory behavior, stop it right now or I will come through this podcast and beat you into the ground. (laughs) Have a great week and God bless.
1: Bye.